found Psalm 19, beginning with verse 7. It says, The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul, or renewing the mind. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Who loves to chew on some honeycomb? Moreover, by them your servant is warned. And in keeping them, there is great reward. Who can understand his errors? Cleanse me from secret faults. Keep back your servant from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then I shall be blameless and I shall be innocent of great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength, that is the one who helps me to do this, and my Redeemer. Can we just read that little prayer together? Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. He's our strength who enables us to do it. And He's our Redeemer who picks us up when we mess it up, when we don't do it. He enables us to do it, and He turns things around for us when we don't rely on His enabling hand. Let's pray. Lord, we just ask that You would enable us today to declare Your Word, Your truth today. Lord, may this prayer be a reality in each heart this morning. Amen. In 1979, as a new husband, I was given a book by a fellow student by Kenneth Hagin entitled Words, the little blue book. This little mini book changed my life and awakened my wife and myself to the power of our words and the tremendous blessings that can come from speaking words in alignment with the will of God. While learning to apply this truth, Yvette and I would tease each other occasionally, any time one of us said something negative by saying these words, quote, I believe you're a prophet and everything you have just said is going to come to pass. <laughs> That'll make you think twice for what you said. We weren't religious about it, as in condemning when something goes wrong. Okay, what did you say? Where did you open the door and go get into all that stuff? We just were encouraging with it. We could share a whole lot of testimonies on how learning about the power of our speech changed our lives for the better. But today we want to help everyone, including ourselves, with ears to hear with an equipping message on how to empower our words. Can we say empower? empower. Our words are powerful, but how can we make them more powerful? We know that the tongue is a powerful little thing that Christ's own brother, James, in his letter compares to wild beasts and the destructive nature of fire. Unbridled words, like out-of-control fire, can bring great harm. But good words, like a fire in its proper place, can bring blessing to ourselves 
unto others. Can we say, words are powerful. Jesus himself said that one day we'll give an account for every idle word we have spoken. In Matthew 12, 36, he said, I say to you that for every idle word men speak, they will give account of it in the day of judgment. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. Can we agree that everything we say is important? The Bible says in Psalm 103 that the Lord satisfies our mouths with good things so that our youth is renewed like the eagles. He satisfied my mouth with good things, and it has an impact on my outlook on life. It'll make me like a young person. You know, young people are courageous, excited. A few years ago, Andy Duncan, our previous youth pastor, he's now married and living in Florida, serving the Lord there at a Calvary Chapel. He taught on having a childlike heart, and he had an interactive introduction where we shouted out things about children that are admirable. They're forgiving. They're courageous. They're creative. They're adventurous. They have faith and hope. And they are so loving. And with an abundance of words on both screens describing children, Andy dropped this bombshell on us by saying, you used to be like this. What happened? Who would like to have a youthful heart restored? Our words have an impact. They just do. So this morning, I'd like to speak on the ABC of empowering our words. The how-tos of speaking more powerfully. The verse we just read said, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Let my words be, we're going to go through the alphabet, not the whole thing today, but just about a third of the alphabet. Let my words be A, acceptable. Acceptable. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. The Hebrew word acceptable is actually two words that are the same. It's a repetition of the word ratzon. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be ratzon, ratzon. Which means to be favored. means to be desired. It means to be pleasing. Who wants your words to be pleasing to the Lord? In my studies, I was going to preach a three-point sermon on the importance of our words and our hearts. Because it's all a matter of the heart. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And we could all talk about tongue control and just like trying to hold a beach ball underwater, eventually something's going to go wrong or we're going to explode. It's not just controlling our tongues, but it's dealing with our hearts. And dealing with our hearts, we've got to deal with our hurts. If we're going to speak acceptably to the Lord, we've got to recognize when we have hurt in our heart, when there's bitterness there, it's going to affect how we think. It's going to affect how we talk. And in this day and time, this kind of word is so important because we have so many means of communication. We may never say one thing negative, but boy, just let us start texting and here we go. So having acceptable speech deals with our hearts, our hurts, and our hearers. God hears every idle word. 
Our children who will follow in our footsteps are listening. Learning how to live. Unbelievers are listening. In the locker room and on the ball field and in the workplace. They're listening. Looking for a witness. May not know they're looking for a witness, but they're looking for a witness. And so having acceptable words involves our hearers. May the Lord help us to have acceptable words that are pleasing in His sight. To empower our words, we should pray, Lord, let my words be beautifying. Let my words be beautifying. You know, you could say something one way, but to say it in a beautiful way makes all the difference in the world. Right? Proverbs 25.11 says, A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in pictures of silver. When I just fly off at the handle in anger, I'm not going to get the response I want anyway. But when I carefully couch my words, and instead of starting out with the word you, and throwing an always and a never, if I'm upset, I need to begin with, my feelings are, I'm thinking, this is making me feel. See how it can have an impact on a conflict? Lord, let my words be acceptable. Let my words be beautifying. Let my words be comforting. The things we say should minister comfort to our hearers. The word comfort is the word parakaleo. It's used throughout the New Testament where to comfort one another. First Thessalonians 4.18 is one example. Parakaleo means to call near. means to invite. means to implore, to console, to beseech. To call for. The Holy Spirit is a paraclete. The one who's alongside of us to help. When you comfort someone, you identify with their needs. You put yourselves in their shoes. Before you say, how long have you been a clown? Think they might respond, as long as I've known you. Let my words be disciplined. James, the brother of Jesus, wrote chapter 3, verse 2, For we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle the whole body. Self-control is a fruit of the Spirit that is void in our postmodern culture. People are embracing their lack of self-control as identity, as though it were a race. This is just who I am. Deal with it. The Holy Spirit's in our lives to help control us. That's interesting. Several of the gifts of the Spirit deal with our mouths. Prophecy, tongues, interpretation, word of knowledge, word of wisdom. It all involves using our mouths. The gift of faith involves using our mouths. Discerning of spirits involves using our mouths. Taking communion involves using our mouth. God's all about our hearts and our mouth reveals the issues of our heart. May the Lord bring discipleship to my heart in such a way that it affects and empowers my words for good. Your words are powerful anyway, but you want them to be empowered for good tongue of the wise is held. Those who are wise will eat the fruit of it. How's the fruit of your life doing? 
tasting good or bitter. Trace it back and all traces back through our words to our hearts. Let my words be edifying. Ephesians 4.29 says, Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. The word edify means to build. The word edifice is a building. You are seated in an edifice. Not as glamorous as others, but it's still a building. It's been built up. We live in houses that our words build. I'm talking about the atmosphere of our lives. We live with the consequences of our words. Our words can build up or tear down. What kind of life do you want? What kind of home do you want? What kind of family do you want? What kind of relationships do you desire? Are we building or destroying our future? Word to the wise is sufficient. Truth will set you free, but at first it'll make you mad. So in the 26 points of this sermon series, something's going to hit you in the heart. Don't shrug it off and wait for the next. Oh man, move on to that next letter. No, deal with it. Deal with it. It's between you and the Lord. Let my words be few. Proverbs 10.19 says, In the multitude of words... Sin is not lacking, but he who restrains his lips is wise. I love fellowship, but have you ever fellowship just a little bit too much? The hour began to get late. It was time to go home, but no, you just had to say one more thing, and before you knew it, gossip had entered the room or negativity had filled the atmosphere. It's a time to speak, and there is a time not to speak. Ecclesiastes 5.2 says, Do not be rash with your mouth, and let not your heart utter anything hastily before God. For God is in heaven, and you on earth. Therefore, let your words be few. We are not accountable for harsh words that we never speak. Well, if you think it, you may as well do it. I don't think so. There's a difference. Let my words few. What's the name of that Christian rock band from Georgia? Third Day. On their first CD. I think the first song on it was, If you can't say nothing good, don't say nothing at all. Good song. Well, I just have to talk. Do you really? Really? Let my words be gentle. Titus 3 says, speak evil of no one. Be peaceable, gentle, showing humility to all men. Who likes tools? I was given a tool a while back listening to Bill Hybels speak on dealing with conflict. And it has been helping me. And I think it's a tool that will help you. When someone has done something that offends you, you know they may not have done it intentionally or they may have done it intentionally. You know maybe they should have known better or they don't know better. But opening the conversation with these three words and following them up with words that are appropriate to the opening statement. 
you know, there are some opening statements that really are meaningless. Like, with all due respect, just because you said with all due respect doesn't give you the right to say anything you want. But the words are, help me understand why you are such an idiot. No. (laughs) Help me understand why I'm feeling this way or help me understand why this happened. Help me understand. And be willing to hear whatever it is to hear. And hopefully the conversation will lead to them asking you, help me understand you. And it can help build, talking about being edifying. Help, help me understand. Put that in your toolbox and try it in a wise way. Let my words, O oh Lord, let my words be honest. Ephesians 4.25, therefore, putting away lying, let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Lying is a deception that seeks to empower our words, but the opposite effect results from such a shortcut. You may get away with it for a while, but eventually the lie comes to an end because everything in the universe aligns itself with truth. You are choosing to go counter to truth, you're going to lose. It may appear that you're going to win for a while, but you're going to lose. Especially if you believe your lies. My dad used to say, boy, a lie can go around the world while truth is putting her shoes on. But when she gets up and begins to march, truth is on the way. Liars beware. Let my words be honest. And finally, let my words be intelligent. Can we say intelligent? Intelligent just doesn't mean your IQ level. It means be wise. Proverbs 10, 13, and 14 says, Wisdom is found on the lips of him who has understanding, but a rod is for the back of him who is devoid of understanding. Wise people store up knowledge, but the mouth of the foolish is near destruction. You want to know how to have understanding? You want to know how to be wise? It's easy. Learn to listen. Here's a clue. We all have two ears and one mouth. Therefore, we should listen twice as much as we talk. Proverbs 17 says, He who has knowledge spares his words. A man of understanding is of a calm spirit. Even a fool is counted wise when he holds his peace. When he shuts his lips, he is considered perceptive. You want to look like you're intelligent? Just be quiet. I have a confession to make. Many times I've tried to look smart. And then I started talking. Or I talked too much. On the subject of listening, it's important to listen. It's also important to discern who we're listening to. Is it that old tape in your head? 
Is the enemy shooting arrows into your heart? Is it your perception that's all skewed and you think you're seeing 2020, meanwhile you're, you know, you got a beam in your eye? What are we listening to? Is as important as listening. Now, the things I've shared here are not always practiced by those voices on AM radio. A whole lot of talking going on. Some of us need to fast that stuff if it begins to affect our attitude, begins to affect our speech. Just because thousands of people are saying doesn't mean it's true anyway. Doesn't mean it's the answer. Who are we listening to? Let's pray. Father, we ask that you would speak to our hearts where we need it. God, we've heard nine different exhortations this morning. Help them to hit home and have application in our hearts. And Lord, I pray for people here that have hurts. I pray, Lord, that they begin to use their mouths to pursue healing of their hurts rather than retaliation for their hurts. Lord, we know that hurt people hurt people. So give us hearts to hear those who are hurt. So we're not quick to take offense, but that we realize, hey, this person's hurting. They're offended. And help me to minister life. Help me to understand. And Lord, I pray that we would always, always, always be aware of our hearers. That you hear every idle word that we speak. That unbelievers are listening. Our children are listening. Our brothers and sisters are listening. And our words are having an impact on the atmosphere of our life. And yes, even our own health. Lord, bring healing. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my strength. I would like to use our mouths for something good this morning before we leave. I would like to have communion.
hundreds of years before Christ came, was foretold what he would do for us on the cross. And I, I just want to highlight a couple of things about the attributes of Jesus that are such an example to us. Verse 7, verse 4 says, Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. We esteem him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was beaten for the things we said inappropriately. He was bruised for our iniquities. He was wounded for inwardly for the reasons we say the things we shouldn't say. The chastisement of our peace, the punishment that was needed to bring peace was placed upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. The wounds in his body can heal our mouths and our relationships and our bodies. All we, like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Verse 7, look at this. He was oppressed, he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. Verse 9. They made his grave with the wicked, but with the rich at his death, because he had done no violence, nor was any deceit found in his mouth. The last two phrases. It says, He bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. When he did speak, for this bread that in the breaking of your body you did not sin with your mouth so that our sins could be paid for every evil thing we said Lord you're our redeemer and our strength thank you Lord that you make our speech acceptable through the offering of your broken body thank you Lord for the healing that comes from the damage of our words through the offering of your body Lord, we thank you that through your broken body, your life blood was poured out. Your life was given for us. And all that's left for us to do is to receive the benefits of that perfect offering. And we receive it by faith, just as simply as we drink this cup that you gave your life for us for our sins. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. That your flesh is bread indeed and that your blood is drink indeed. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. May the words of our mouth and the meditation of our heart be as pleasant
front and as they're coming forward, if you'd like to receive prayer, just come on up with them. Come and join us and let's conclude the service with a time of prayer and worship. On this mission, you don't have to leave. You can stay and linger in his presence. Amen. So this time that the ministry team can come forward, as you're coming forward, if you'd like to receive prayer about anything, we'd love to agree with you in prayer based on the promise that Jesus said. He promised where two or three of you will ask anything in my name, will agree in prayer and shall be done. Amen. Lord, we just thank you for what you've done in the service of what you're doing. Lord, we pray that you would bless and keep your people that you would cause your face to shine upon them and be gracious to them. That you would lift up your countenance upon them and give them your peace.